Crawford watched the new resident of number 15 Llama Lane move in with interest. It was early September in Granby, Colorado, and the snows were not that far off. Granby, Colorado, part of Grand County, sat in a bowl of a valley which was itself set shallow in the midst of the peaks of the Rocky Mountains. According to the computer, it was a mere 34 miles away from the more populous Fort Collins, but that 34 miles was over a road so treacherous and so winding that they had made it a state park. From June to August, people from all over the world traveled over Trail Ridge Road, otherwise known as Highway 34, in awe. For one thing, it made it to over 12,000 feet in elevation, making it the highest road in the country. For another, it still had six feet of snow on the sides even in July, and it spanned the Continental Divide. It also had, the non-locals were wont to complain, a distressing lack of guardrails, but that didn't bother Crawford none. He had a large, comfy barn, a roomy garage next to the mill, and a giant meat freezer. He laid in hay and grain for the alpacas, as well as firewood for himself all summer. He made one last big trip to Boulder on the other highway in December, and just hunkered down with the alpacas until March. A few trips to the store in the 4x4 would do him then— unless he had to call the vets, but he could handle most of the animal husbandry problems himself. Crawford was just fine. But as he watched the young man move computers and electronics equipment into the small one-bedroom cottage in the middle of September, he could not say the same for his new neighbor. Crawford was out checking the fences, something that was not as difficult with alpacas as it was with other creatures. Alpacas didn't mind being closed up none, and didn't stress a fence or test it in odd places, not like sheep. Crawford had sheep on the other pasture, sure, and a thick wooden fence over there, too, but here, bordering his new neighbor's scant acre of land, it was not much more than pig fencing, and the alpacas didn't give a hoot. They just hung out and ate the grass like they did, and ignored the fence." The other side of the fence might as well have been the other side of the world to their amiable little hearts, and since old Mrs. Humphreys had passed away, it had been to Crawford, too. But this new guy wasn't old Mrs. Humphreys. He was young, for one thing, mid-twenties to Crawford's late thirties, and bright and shiny as a spit-polished shoe— His hair was cut fashionably long, and he had just enough scruff on his lip and chin to make Crawford think that maybe he kept that scruff full time. He wondered how long it would take for that scruff to grow to beard length, and thought that would be a crying shame, because the boy had a narrow face, with a squarish little block of a chin, and tip-tilted sea-green eyes. His mouth was wide and smiling, with full lips, and all in all, It would be a real waste to hide that pretty face behind what would probably be sandy brown hair. He was also quick to talk, quick to smile, and gregarious. He chatted with the movers and took notes of the good places to eat. There were really only two places where the locals ate, and Crawford listened shamelessly enough to know that the movers knew those places too, as well as where he could find a movie or help if he needed it. "'And if you need help,' one of the young men said, Robbie, Clarence and Angie's boy, who used to be a hellraiser in high school, but who had settled down now with a wife and two kids, 
Crawford here might help you. (laughs) He's queer, but don't let that bother you none. He's harmless. Crawford refused to flush under the boy's sniping and stared at him until he blushed instead, mumbling something about checking the overhead and disappearing into the truck. The new kid moving in grinned brightly. Well, since I am too, that won't be a problem, he said with such sunshiny goodwill that Crawford found himself smiling back from his side of the fence.